All right, we get a roll it on the Krug Show, everybody. Wednesday night, 20 minutes after 7 on the West Coast, 20 minutes after 10 on the East Coast. Welcome to the Pig and a Pickle Krug Show, brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, <clears throat> the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m., or until they run out. And we're also brought to you this week and this month, I should say, by ValleyHillRoofing.net, as well as Sharp Corner Sports Cards and Collectibles. And, of course, we're always sponsored by Marin Autoglass. Check them out, MarinAutoglass.com, 415-883-3030. And Underdog Fantasy, check the link in the description and use the promo code KRUG, and they will match you up to your first $100. All right, the call-in show Wednesday night, favorite uh, night of the week. Kev's in the house. He's got three big questions for me. And then we take your phone calls as we go exactly one hour on Valentine's Day. Now, I've already had uh, my Valentine's dinner. I've already given my lovely Valentine her uh, her box of candy, her her card. We had a little uh, little cake. Um, actually, I haven't delivered her her card, but she will get her card before the end of the night. Still need to um, buy that? No, no, I have the card. It's funny you think I don't have it. I have the big, I have the card. Um, so there you go. Uh, but happy Valentine's Day. And then, of course, Kev probably has a hot date that he's got to get to at some point. Of course. Um, so that's why he's requesting an hour-long show. So <laughs> we started at 720. We'll finish at 820. Um, Kev, fire away. Question number one. How do I sound? Do I sound okay? I know sound, a lot. You sound good. Everyone in the chat, do I sound good? All right. Um, obviously, news of the day. Steve Wilkes got fired. Um, I think a lot of people could have seen this coming. Some people couldn't. But um, I want to show you something. Interesting take here from Emmanuel Acho. You know Emmanuel Acho. Yeah. He actually, you know... I actually like some of his takes about Purdy, but this is his take. He's kind of sounding off on um, on Kyle Shanahan for the Wilkes firing. Kyle Shanahan got me heated. Come here, fam. Shanahan, you wasted a season. You hired a defensive coordinator in Steve Wilkes, who you never believed in in the first place. Go back to the Minnesota Vikings game in the middle of the season, early in the season. Steve Wilkes runs an all-out blitz. Shanahan, he berates him at the end of the game in the post-game press conference. But in 2017... When Wilkes was a coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, a defensive coordinator, and they had a top five defense, he blitzed 47% of the time. So blitzing is what Steve Wilkes does. If you didn't want Wilkes to blitz, why'd you hire him? Then Super Bowl, biggest stage, everybody watching in the biggest moment. You call a timeout to question Steve Wilkes. You never believed in the dude in the first place. Now you're going to fire him. Now your Niners defensive players are going on their fourth defensive coordinator in five seasons. Salah, D'Amico, Wilkes, question mark. Shanahan, you got to know what you're doing before you do it. You can't just be hiring dudes all willy-nilly when you got all pros all over the defense. You're wasting their careers. Hire somebody that you believe in and go get the job done. So that was Emmanuel Acho. Um, I'll leave my take out of it for now. But what do you think about the Steve Wilkes firing? And do you think it was a mistake to bring Wilkes in the, even in the first place? Well, you know, it's interesting. They asked Wilkes, usually if you go hire a defensive coordinator, you take on the staff that he has sometimes. And a lot of times 
definitely the scheme that he runs. Well, the Niners didn't do that. The Niners said, we have an opening, and you run our scheme, and you work with our staff, and you adjust to us. We don't adjust to you. And Steve got there early and watched all the film and felt like he could make the adjustment. They obviously felt like he could make the adjustment. I hear what Acho is saying, but... You know, you won't, you you blitz. I mean, blitzing doesn't have to be your your. I would imagine if you ask Steve Wilkes, he would tell you that he blitzed because of something to do with the personnel that he had. I mean, you show me a coach that doesn't play to his personnel, and I'll show you a pretty average coach. Um, so you're telling me that Steve Wilkes came in blitzing forty seven percent, and that he just had to blitz that many more that you know that percentage of the time. You know, no, um, he didn't. And, and to me, it's like you you always adjust to your personnel. The 49ers game plan has been to rush four, drop seven, and make teams, you know, get to the quarterback with just their front four. Um, that's why they got, went and got Hargrave. That's why they drafted Nick Bosa, right? That's why they're putting all these resources in their in their defensive line. Because they're trying to dictate the outcomes by rushing four and dropping seven, so um, so there you have it. I mean, you know, um, I don't know that Shanahan's. You know, the the bottom line is, is it was it fair to to Wilkes to bring him in and say, "Don't run your own scheme, run our scheme," and then if you don't run our scheme well, you're out. Is that was that fair? Maybe not. Um, but then I think you got to decide, you know, I mean, you've got, it's been back-to-back years there where you lost Sala and D'Amico. It's like, do you have a, a, a somebody else in mind? You know, do you have somebody else in, in, in play? And as far as he got mad at, at um, you know, at Steve Wilkes in the Minnesota game, Steve Wilkes called an all-out blitz on the final play of the first half against the Vikings. And gave up a touchdown in the process, so that was not a good call. Um, I don't care if it's Sam Acho, Emmanuel Acho, or Johnny Acho. I don't. I really don't care who's making the comment. I mean, that was a bad call. So he deserved to be called out on a you know a, a zero blitz when the only thing that they could do, only way they could score, was if you went all out blitz, and you did, and they did. And you lost. I mean, that was there was a reason he got called out there. That was bad. Um, now it's all on Shanahan because he's the head coach and this is his staff. So if he hired the wrong defense coordinator, it's on him. Even if it was on Wilkes in the Super Bowl, and I'm not saying it was because the you know the Niners held Mahomes and company down in the first half of that game. Um, but even if that final drive in overtime was Wilkes's fault. You know, still, I mean, it's like you're you hired him. It's your hand-picked defensive coordinator, so it all falls on you anyway. So it's not like you can say, well, it falls on Wilkes, but not Shanahan. Wilkes is Shanahan. Wilkes was picked by Shanahan, so there's no getting around Shanahan's culpability here. Um, everybody knows it's on Kyle for sure. And the question is, you know, is he scapegoating Wilkes? Is Wilkes being scapegoated? Or does is there legitimate problems with the way he called the game? And I just think that you know you're going to have to go get somebody who's clearly better. 
because Steve Wilkes is a veteran. He's been around. You can't just go with some Daniel Bullock's, hey, we're going with a first-year guy because we like him. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll you get know, to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. I mean, you can't do that. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think, um, there was, there was a disconnect between Shanahan and Wilkes. Um, I've never seen a coach head coach throw his assistant under the bus the way that Shanahan did after that Vikings game, um, at the presser where he's like, yeah, he screwed up. Usually they, they try to cover each other a little bit more than that. He didn't in that situation. That told me that it was probably a short time, you know, that Wilkes was probably a short timer. I think two things can be true because, you know, a lot of the narrative right now is Steve Wilkes is fired and he's the scapegoat and he's he's taking the fall and it's 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 Shanahan like passing on blame. I think I think Shanahan's accepting blame. And he's firing Steve Wilkes. That's how I see it. Because there, there was something wrong with the defense. I mean, if you just look at the numbers, their their run defense was horrendous this year. I mean, we're talking from tw- from 2019 to 2023. Look at the numbers here for EPA per play. 2019 they were ranked ninth. 2020 they were ranked seventh. 2021 they were ranked second. 2022 they were ranked first. This year they're ranked 25th. I mean, that's a huge drop off. That's a huge drop off. And that but you lost Aziz, Mosley, right. we Ward, this we Ebukam, Amenahue. I mean, they, they lost a bunch of good defensive run stuffers. And they acquired up, Hargrave, Hargrave, who's a pass rusher. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You lost some players. But that's you're talking about going from the best in the league to one of the worst in the league. And I, I think there's only so many changes that happen. Yes, they lost Amenahue. Yes, they lost you know other defensive pieces. And they replaced him with Hargrave, who's not the greatest run stopper. But there was obvious signs that the, the front end was not tying into the back end. And um, something had to change. And especially after this loss where, you know, one, one other thing. I know there were some reports that Kyle was taking over the game planning for the defense in the Super Bowl. Right. I think the funny thing about that is that the Niners defense played really well in the Super Bowl. I thought they played a vintage style of their defense where their front end was attached to their back end until the, until the last drive of overtime when Wilkes was playing soft coverage and you see Kyle Shanahan call a timeout and start screaming on the headsets, yelling at, uh, yelling at Wilkes. One thing I will say is I don't think this decision was made yesterday. No, I, I don't, I don't think that Kyle, Kyle, Kyle said he slept on it and then he made the decision. I would not be to be surprised at all if this decision was made early in the season. Like you're not going to fire your your defensive coordinator in the middle of the season, but you might you might start taking the reins away from him. And I think the first step of that was moving him from the booth to the field because you're you're basically telling him, "I don't care what you want to do. This is what you're going to do." And, and that was after the the Minnesota game where, you know, Wilkes had a terrible call. I think you just got to move past Wilkes at this point. Um what's done is done. But I wouldn't necessarily say that this is Sh- Shanahan's move of shifting blame off of himself onto someone else. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to look at this and say, you know, the offense was the reason that the Niners lost, and Shanahan is, can't blame himself, so they're going to blame Wilkes. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you know, um, while there is some blame to be going to the offense for sure, um, 
you know, the, the defensive struggles. I mean, this team was built on being a dominating defense, and it wasn't a dominating defense. So, and it was starting to regress. Um, I didn't like the fact that, you know, they were, like in the, in the Cincinnati game, they sent some pressure at Burrow, but they, but they played soft coverage behind it. So it, the, the coverage in the front, I just felt like for the first time in years, was not tied together at all. You know, I mean, it's like if you're going to speed a quarterback up, the ball's coming out quick. If the ball's coming out quick and you're playing off coverage, well, all that means is that the quarterback's got to get the ball out quick, but he's got options underneath. And they that's what I saw in that Cincinnati game. And I thought, oh, my God, they're a mess. They're an absolute mess defensively because they were, they were speeding up Burrow at times, but then they were not in any way cover you know stepping up and 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 you know and and taking away the the quick game underneath so i don't know i mean i thought the 49er defense played with a lot of fire in this game for sure but um it it doesn't bother me that wilkes is being is being let go i'm i'm not saying that it's fair to scapegoat him for all the ills that faced the 49ers but, um, you know, I, to me, they, they didn't get a lot out of their defensive line. Their young linebackers never developed at all. At all. I mean, Jalen Graham, D. Winters didn't play meaningful snaps at any point. So you got these two really good young linebackers. Did they develop? If they did, I didn't see it. You got a defensive line that's super talented. They look like they underachieved. You have a number of young DBs on the back end and guys like Womack couldn't even get on the field late in the year. I mean, I actually think that Wilkes did a good job bringing along some of the DBs. I, I thought, you know, you had the best season. Where was Looter? Where was Womack? I mean, Where was but Lenore had the best season of his career. You saw a huge step up in Lenore's play. I thought Ambry Thomas had a had a good season or better season than he's ever had under any 49ers defensive coach. But then he I benched thought... Jair Brown and and they got roasted. Um and with Logan Ryan, and then luckily they had to, you know, call Jair Brown off the bench, um, and he saved their bacon in the playoffs. But I, I mean, not not to, you know, I don't know what the word is like, demean St Steve Wilkes, but he probably is a better just secondary coach. You know, he's your he's a secondary coach where he can coach the DBs. He's played the position. He knows the position. You know. But I don't know how good he is as a defensive play caller. That's that's kind of what's what we've learned from Shanahan from watching the games. It's it's not he can't he's not good enough to tie in the 49ers defense though the way they want to do. And it was it was an over ambitious, you know, decision in the first place bringing in a coach who is not you're not running his scheme. So it's like what you're bringing in a coach and telling him this is what you're going to do and then every every time he tries to stro stray away from the plan you're you're yelling at him. So he was gone. He was gone from a while ago. That's just my take on it. Yeah. No, no, I I think I I really think that, you know, from that from that KC from the uh Minnesota game on, I I kind of felt like Wilkes was a one-time guy. And then if you are a one-year guy. The other thing about Steve Wilkes is if you go look at his Wikipedia and you look at his career in a nutshell, he started coaching in 1995. It's 2024, so he's basically been doing this for almost 30 years. He's had 22 different jobs 
in 30 years. Yeah. It's a lot of, that's a lot of moving around. He has a hell of a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying to you, it's like if you're interviewing anybody and they've been working for 30 years and they've had 22 different employers in those 30 years, do you sit there and say, yes, I love that. Or do you sit there and go, you know what? This guy tends to move around a lot. I wonder why. You know, people everywhere in coaching always, you know, swear about continuity and this and that. Okay, isn't this the opposite of continuity? You've had you've had 22 different jobs in 20, you know, 28 years of coaching. So that's a lot of that's a lot of turnover. So, I don't know. Um something told me this was not going to be a long-term thing. But um Interesting. Yesterday, they came out and said, hey, all the coaches are coming back. Today, Wilkes is gone, um, and he's not the only one who's gone. There's They've like lost coaches that left today. Yeah, they lost uh, They lost other coaches today as well. Lost Daryl um, Daryl Tapp. Daryl Tapp went Tapp. to Washington to be the – and that's the other one. If, if, if you really thought that Chris Kosarek was going to be the defensive coordinator – wouldn't Daryl Tapp have just stayed with the Niners? So I think that's a pretty good indication that Kacerik is not going to be the defensive coordinator. And there's not even a for sure deal that Kacerik is going to be here, period. Because you heard Shanahan say, hey, we're going to do whatever is best. So I I think it's I think they're going to talk to some big-time heavy hitter defensive coaches and then decide from there. Now, if you said who who fits the best – Probably the guy that fits the best is um, Jim Schwartz, who ran the wide nine. He's in Cleveland running the wide nine. Um, could you get Jim Schwartz to leave Cleveland and come to San Francisco? Do you want Jim Schwartz? And, and you know Shanahan has a has a lot of respect for Jim Schwartz. I'm pretty sure Jim Schwartz is like 9-0 and against Kyle Shanahan in his career. Right, but it doesn't mean he likes him and wants him on his staff. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's the other I mean, thing. You might think he's a prick. relationship with him. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know either, but it seems like Schwartz rubs some people wrong. Um, See, hell of a defensive coach. The def, uh, the Cleveland Browns this year were f- fantastic defensively. So Rohan has a seven coaches uh, we'll, article we'll, out. We'll get to that. I, I want to okay. ask you this first. Before okay. we get to all the other coaches, I want to ask you about one specific coach because I know that you're a You've been a proponent of this for a, a couple months ago when it wasn't as cool to say. Before before it got cool, you were already talking about this. Um, I won't give my opinion. I'll just let you talk. Should the 49ers bring in Bill Belichick? Yes. In a word, yes. <laughs> I mean, think of it this way. Does anybody remember, you know... Um, you know, people are always like, well, you know, it, it diminishes it if you add, you know, the 49ers had a good team in 1981. They still traded for Fred Dean, and Fred Dean became this awesome sack master, and they won the Super Bowl, with, and they had Fred Dean. Now, you could have argued that, hey, you know what? They, you know, if they had, they, if they, you know, they, if they had, they didn't bring in Fred Dean, they maybe don't win it. Okay. Does does anybody does anybody look at eighty one and say uh, eighty one didn't really count because they kind of cheated? They brought in Fred Dean, who was just like a awesome defensive player 
and they just added him to their pass rush in like week six. No, nobody says that. Does anybody look at the 94 49ers and say, you know what, that team, that wasn't a real ring. That team signed Deion Sanders, and he took away half the field. And it's like, oh, do you really want to be known as the team that won because of Deion Sanders? Nobody cares at this point. Here we are. It's 30 years later. People just want the ring. They don't care who was on that team. They don't it doesn't it's not like, oh, the ninety-four ring doesn't count because they got Dion. It counts. So this idea that like, oh, Shanahan won't want uh Belichick because it won't count if he gets Belichick. That's a bunch have of people, bullshit. Have people been saying that? I have I haven't seen that. People are saying that it would that would you know, people would 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 be like, oh, you needed Belichick to get you over the top. Well, the Niners needed Dion to get them over the top. So what? They still got over the top. Um, you know, I mean, I don't. Page- yeah, that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. That's like they needed Patrick Mahomes to get over the top. The Chiefs that wasn't a real ring. It's like the team is the team, you know. Right. <laughs> they needed they needed a, a former head coach and Steve Spagnolo as their defensive coordinator to get over the top. Nobody cares. It just is like you won. Did you win or did you not win? It's as simple as that. And you know, when Bill Belichick when they say Bill Belichick, are they gonna say, you know, eight rings? Yeah. Why? Because he won six with New England and two with the Giants. And guess what they would say if he won a ring here? nine rings so this idea that oh my god there's no way you could bring in somebody like belichick because kyle wouldn't get the credit i i totally disagree um and then we'll we'll worry about that issue when we get to it that's that's just like ultimate law like so that's such a random thing to worry about well then there's also you know people would say when i when i initially said Bill Belichick. People are like, hey, Bill Belichick is not going to, he's going to have his pick of any head coaching gig in the league. He's not coming to the 49ers as their defensive coordinator. All right. Well, there were eight openings. He didn't get any of those. He's talking about being on TV this year. Um, if he's going to get another gig, it's probably going to be next year. And, you know, it's probably going to be a team that needs years of, of, work before they're ready to contend for a title so i mean he's 70 something years old he's a defensive coach um the niners he's this greatest thing is he's maybe the greatest defensive backfield coach of all time and the niners have six young dbs that need to be coached up um badly and um to me you know belichick obviously has a really good relationship with kyle good relationship with john he hand delivered Jimmy Garoppolo to them for no reason at all, just because he likes them. Um, you can pay him anything you want. There's no cap on assistant coach salaries. That was the one that I, I kept hearing. You're going to give him ten million dollars to be your defensive coordinator? Sure, I don't. I don't care. It's it's not like there's like a cap. It's like that's Jed's problem to worry about, not your problem. Yeah, that's no. I mean, if Jed's willing to pay the money. Um, if Shanahan and, and here's the other bottom line, how many years if Shanahan doesn't win a Super Bowl, he no Andy Reid didn't win a Super Bowl in in um, Philly. I think he was there for like 13 or 14 years. Shanahan is now seven years in. He hasn't won a Super Bowl here. 
how how long does he get? How long does he get before the heat's on him? I mean, it depends. I, I think that if they keep winning the way that they're winning, it'd be hard to move off of Kyle. But if they have a season with the same pieces and do worse, miss the playoffs, you know, nine and eight, I think there could be real, real fire under his seat. Um, I, I know we've talked a lot about, oh, he's a made man. You know, Jed York loves him. But if 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 the team turns for the worst, then, yeah, I could see Kyle, you know, being booted. But again, it's like it's not like that's going to be his last job. He's going to get hired somewhere else. But uh, right. Right. But I'm just saying it's like, you know, there's a little pressure on him to get it done at this point to get that ring. And and I don't think it really matters who's in what players you have, what coaches you have, what scouts you have. I mean, the other thing people would say, well, why would a guy like Belichick take a back seat like this? Well, I'll say this. It's been done before. I mean, Bill Belichick is 73 years old. Um, it's been done before. You know, I mean, you look at, um, you know, Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh won three Super Bowls with the 49ers. And then he coached Stanford. And then he was like the assistant GM for the Niners. So, I mean, you could argue that by the time he won three Super Bowls, he was a Hall of Famer. Why is he coaching Stanford football if he's a Hall of Famer? Why is he an assistant general manager if he's a Hall of Famer? Because he wanted to be utilized, but he didn't have the time or the energy to be the the top guy anymore. Uh, Gil, if you say, um, uh, what's the guy's name? The guy who was the head coach of the... You know, he's like the father of the forward pass. He was the head coach of the Rams and Chargers in the 50s and 60s. Um, and he wound up being the Eagles quarterback coach in 1981. And he was coaching Steve Young. Um, Sid Gilman? Sid Gilman. Sid Gilman was coaching Steve Young with the LA Express in the 80s. And this guy was a this guy was like one of the most famous coaches of all time in the fifties and sixties. He's coaching the Eagles quarterbacks in nineteen eighty one. And then the last example I'll give you is Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie Newsom is might be the best GM in the game. I just saw him on Christmas night. You were there standing right next to me. We were standing literally three feet away in the food line from Ozzie Newsom. Well, what's Ozzie Newsom doing? He's not the general manager of the Baltimore Ravens. Eric DaCosta is. But Ozzie Newsom is still there as a personnel consultant, as a senior personnel consultant. The guy's made millions. He's got rings. He's got you know. I mean, come on. He's one of the. He's he's a Hall of Famer. So I mean, it's not totally crazy that a guy like Belichick could go from, hey, I run my own show. I'm the head coach. To, I'm the defensive coordinator on the 49ers. It's and especially if he's just doing it for a short amount of time. Um, and to me, if you, if you go to Daniel Bullock's, I think there's a lot of people that are like, well, is this even an upgrade on Wilkes? You know, he's a young guy. He's been on our staff. Everybody knows him. There's continuity there, but is he even an upgrade? If you go to Vrabel, at least you're going to a guy with NFL head coaching experience, but you also might be going to a guy who could replace you. If you have a bad year on offense and you have a good year on defense, you go to you go to Bill Belichick. Immediately, everybody knows you have the best defensive coach in the league, and a guy that's probably already done his head coaching 
and it's probably not going to be in line to replace you. And you can pay him anything you want. I mean, I would absolutely do it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but um, I think it's very, very viable. Why? Because I don't think Bill Belichick wants to be on TV. And I don't think there's a head coaching job out there. And so what's left? You know, to be kind of a defensive consultant, overseer of all things defense, or a defensive coordinator slash head coach, assistant head coach. Um, to me, it makes perfect sense. I think there's no argument to be made that if Bill Belichick wanted to coach here, that you should or shouldn't hire him. I think it's an automatic yes. I think the question is more about, you know, whether or not Bill Belichick wants to come here. Um, but I, I put out this tweet today. I'm just going to share it. It's uh, I, I just thought, you know, if the Niners want their players, fans, management, and everyone to buy into the season next year, they should go after Bill Belichick because I think he can inspire confidence into this fan base. Um, I got a lot of shit from some people about this tweet because they're like, like, oh, you're engagement farming or, oh, like, if you think that the confidence is broken, you're not a real fan or all this stuff, which is like, I just think that's ridiculous because I've never seen confidence broken so hard in my life when the Niners lost the Super Bowl. And I just think that Bill Belichick, he's a great coach, obviously, but he's a guy that can turn this around in terms of the mentality heading, heading into next season. You just came off a terrible loss where you had all the player, all the stars were aligned. You had every single player healthy outside of Talano Hufanga. You had everyone healthy. You're ready to go. You had the game plan. You have the coach. You have the quarterback, and you couldn't get it done. So it's such it's such a tough loss because you played well and you still lost. I think running it back with Steve Wilkes or a lesser coach isn't going to get people to turn their heads and really buy into this team. I think Bill Belichick is a coach that can really make people buy in again. Um, and I, I really do believe that. I, I, now, I don't know if he's go, if he's willing to coach for the 49ers. You're making the argument that he would. I, I wouldn't go that far to say that he's, you know, he'll do it. He'll for surely do it. I, I don't know what Bill Belichick's going to do. Bill Belichick's a weird guy. But um, I think he could really get this team going again. To me, it would, as Jay Boogie says, bringing in Belichick would rejuvenate me as a fan. Hey, and I get it. There's people in the chat who are like, dude, you've been talking about this all week because this is the topic. Um, you know, th there's no doubt that, you know, that anybody, you can go to anybody, Daniel Bullock's, Daniel Sorensen, you know, one of these guys that's never done it before. But is that going to make people go, yeah, they upgraded there? Probably not. There's probably only two or three guys they could go to who you'd well, say me, they let upgraded. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because this is my next question, and then we'll get to the calls because I know people want to give their opinions on this, and I see Big Mo Easy down there, so I know he wants to talk to us. Big um, Mo Easy. <laughs> if it's not Bill Belichick, then who is it? Um, you could go internally with Bullocks, the secondary coach, but again, I don't really think that that's the, the move coming off the Super Bowl if you want people to buy in. You could go Kosarek, uh, but, you know, Daryl Topp just left for the Commanders. You have Vrabel, who's available. You have Wink Martindale. The only thing about those two guys is they don't really run the scheme that you're looking for. Jim Swartz runs your scheme, but again, does Kyle like Jim Swartz? I think Jim Swartz would be a great option, but if if Kyle hates the guy, I mean, that he might have to put his ego aside. It might have to be a Draymond Green, Chris Paul situation. Brandon um, Staley? Brandon Staley's terrible, so I wouldn't uh, I, I wouldn't suggest that, but if it's not 
I mean, some people were saying Pete Carroll because he's a native and, you know, the Niners actually kind of took some of their defensive scheme from the Seahawks a couple of years ago to build this defensive scheme that they currently have. If it's not Belichick, who is it? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, um, someone said Rex Ryan. The teeth. Rex Ryan (laughs) from uh, ESPN. Buddy Ryan's son. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, um, it's uh, somebody says John Canellis says the mystery is fun. (laughs) Someone says Greenlaw while he, for one year while he recovers from injury. So Ron Rivera, somebody said Brian Flores. I've seen people throw out Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. He's never done it before, guys. Come on. I'm asking you, though. Who, who, if it's not Belichick, who who would you want as your defensive coordinator? I mean, could you get Fangio to tell Philly to go to hell? <laughs> I don't think so. Come here? Though he wants to go 3-4. I mean, I, Belichick would be my first choice. I guess Vrabel might be my second choice. Jim Schwartz might be my third choice, um, but it's you know it's not it's not easy. I mean it's not, uh, you know you want to get somebody who knows your who. Here's the thing: do you uh, do you go get a new scheme, or do you go get somebody who's willing to run your scheme? How 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 you know do you do you want to try to Im- make somebody else run your scheme again? I mean, Kyle said today he's open to scheme changes, but I feel like that's kind of bullshit because then he went on to say, I'd like it to keep, like, I like to keep it the same. And you went and hired Steve Wilkes last year who was going to change up your scheme and you didn't let him. So it's going to be the 4 3 wide 9 you know? It's going to be, it's going to be that. So, yeah, that limits your options, right? Jim Schwartz is an option. Uh, Pete Carroll ran that, ran that offense or that defense, uh, Bill Belichick kind of ran that defense. He's he's a little bit more of a wildcat. Um, but, yeah, I mean, your options are limited. But I just don't think – do you think – I mean, Daniel Bullocks would be the defensive coach that they would promote most likely because Kosarek doesn't really seem like he wants to be the defensive coordinator. And I don't the, know if that's what they're going to do. I know. The other one is they're big fans of Kirby Smart at Georgia. Would they take the, the kid Glenn Schumann, who's only 33 – but you know he's a he never played in the NFL. He didn't even play college football. But he's a young coach. He's got some coordinator experience. A lot of people people feel like he's a young star coordinator. But I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, that you're going to take a college coordinator who's never coached in the NFL, who's 33, and you know, I mean, you're basically as old as some of the players. I don't know. I don't know. I, I once again, um, I know it sounds crazy, but I would go to the hoodie. I, to me, that is the guy who you absolutely know that you don't have to worry about, you know, putting your ear in on the defensive headsets or dipping into the defensive meeting. You could literally say you are the only other name that I would think of that might. What about getting Wade Phillips out of retirement? You know, maybe Wade Phillips. I've heard some crazy names that are just never going to. I've heard Nick Saban. <laughs> Which is, I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I've heard Mike Shanahan. I mean, no, as a defensive on. coordinator, I don't know to help Matt, him out. I guess I Matt Patricia or somebody like that. God, I mean, it was just it better be somebody that that has good damn credentials. Otherwise, you could look really bad. 
because Steve Wilkes has some credentials for the position. If you just go in and bring in just some random guy with no credentials at all, um, <laughs> Los D says, Larry, can you imagine Shanny telling Belichick we don't blitz here? Shanny would never again tell any defensive coach anything, basically. If Belichick were here, Belichick would would be like the head coach of the defense. And I, I'd imagine that's what Shanahan wants. He just I wants, think so. I yeah, think you're he right. Just, he just wants to control his offense. Why would he want to have to worry about the defense? Niner Mafia says there's talk about Anthony Lynn's son, who's coaching in the college ranks, I believe. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, um, it's it's going to be an interesting thing. I, I, I could see them hiring from within, but let's be realistic. Like from the outside looking in as someone who's looking at it, looking at it from a outside perspective, they have to care about what the fans and what other people care about too, because you know, you don't want your fan base going into this next season thinking running it back. We had everything we had last year. It's same team. Hopefully we can get it done with no hope. Like you want them to be rejuvenated with, you know, inspired you know you you want them to be to feel better about the team like they got better over the offseason and i just don't know if some of these no uh, lesser named guys can really do it i think it has to be a high credentialed um defensive coordinator yeah to no question well. all right should we should we do some well let's do some supers and then we'll hit the calls here we got this out, one uh, let's shout out our our sponsors before we go to calls too yeah Pythagoras says, thank you for all the streams this year. Jed has to make an executive decision here and get Bill Belichick. David Yang says, Jim Schwartz. He made the Browns a legit defense, and he's a wide nine guru. He's the reason why Kyle runs the wide nine and why Kacerik is our D-line coach. Not exactly, but I hear you, and I see you working there. Um, I like Jim Schwartz as a, as a proven guy. I mean that would be a, that would be a proven guy. Uh, Nicholas's Debo and Bosa both have admitted to down years following their long contract talks. Think the Niners will ever change their way of doing business? Yeah, I mean that's interesting too. It's like trying to get some of these guys in in the house sooner rather than later might be a good thing. Um, let's thank our sponsors. We're brought to you by Pig and a Pickle. The best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. Pig and a pickle. The best barbecue you're going to find. Also, we're brought to you by Marin Autoglass. MarinAutoglass.com, 415-883-3030. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Check that link in the description. Use the promo code KRUG, and they will match you up to your first $100. And this month, with our trip to Vegas, thanks to Sharp Corner Sports Cards and Collectibles. They're at 205 Cypress Avenue in Pacific Grove, California. Give Anthony Catania a call. He's at 831-521-5264. Great guy and a terrific company for all of your sports cards and collectible needs. Give them a call. And thanks to ValleyHillRoofing.net, 209-481-6851. All the links are in the description. A great roofing company. If you're looking for a good roofer on the West Coast, ValleyHillRoofing.net. All right. Kev, who do you want to go to first? Do you want to start with Big Mo? Big Mo. What's up, brother? What's up, brother? I'm happy on the outside uh, right here, but I'm sad as fuck on the inside. <laughs> what, 
Well, first of all, I just wanted to say um, I did not realize that the steakhouse that you took us to in Vegas was so hard to get a table. The rest of the week, I mentioned to people that we had gone there for dinner, and it was like, what? How'd you get in there? How'd you get, in there? How'd you get a table at that spot? Like, I mean, people, easy. <laughs> people were, like, shocked yeah. when, I told, when we told them that we went to, what was it called again? The Golden, uh, the steer. golden steer. You have a buddy, Dad, that's like the Vegas guy that like books all these like high end events. And he, when we told him that we got into the Golden Steer, he's like, really? That place has been booked out for months. Or just, just yeah, I, my buddy Lou Marston is, you know, a made man in Vegas. He he's all kinds of he's got all kinds of connections. We told him we went to the Golden Steer. He's like, How'd you get a how'd you get a reservation there? He goes, That place is booked out. And I'm like, uh, we know Big Mo easy. Um, <laughs> so, Big Mo, how did you get a reservation at that place? Okay, so check this out. So, basically, like I said, you guys know as we was talking, I got, like, little connects here and there, this and that. But, essentially, I, I, I told him straight up. I was like, look, man, Big Mo easy needs a table for three tonight, man. We got to make this happen. I got some important people coming in, and they hungry. Let's make it happen. And they were like, Big Mo, we're going to make it happen for you, baby. We're going to make it happen for you in your party. Hey, no, no, no BS though. Seriously, um, if you know, you know, that place is booked out months and months in advance. Like seriously, and the funny part about it is, is that I didn't even know what night we were gonna have dinner. I didn't even know what time we were gonna meet each other, and all that was just last minute, as you guys know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I just had to make the call, click the click, and say, "Hey, man, my guy Larry, my guy Kev." They need that premium prime rib, baby. Let's go. Oh, man. We broke bread, and the food was awesome. Kevin and I shared a Caesar salad. It was amazing. Then I had the, uh, I had the, uh, the, um, what did I go with? I went the rib. No, I didn't go ribeye. I went, uh, I went with the prime uh, rib rib with the, I got a huge dose of the, uh, of the, uh, the, uh, what's it called? The, the, the prime horseradish. horseradish killed me on the prime rib, but what a spot, man! What a spot! And then we had a little nice uh, meet up on the uh, afterwards, and uh, it was it was like it was a good deal, dude. I just wanted to say it was a pleasure having dinner with you. It was great to meet you face to face. Very cool, uh, Kevin. I enjoyed it immensely. It was one of our favorite nights in Vegas. Yeah, I'm glad you guys had a good time, man. Like I said, bro, you know what? This is what it's all about, bro. People that talk sports. People that have a genuine love for the Niners, you know what I mean? And, you know, just guys just enjoying, having a good time, man, sharing some drinks, enjoying some food, man, and just talking to, sh- talking to shit, you know, shooting the shit, man. And it was awesome. Yeah, like I was, said, I was glad to meet you guys too, man. It was really a great vibe. You know what I'm saying? It jumped off the screen into real life, and I'm glad we made that connection, man. Like I said, bro, I made two new friends for life, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a phenomenal night. I mean, it just... One of my favorite nights. One of my favorite nights for sure. So, what do you think of Wilkes being dumped? Is is he being scapegoated here, uh, Big Mo, or do you think it's uh, do you think it's a a good move? What do you think? Matt, Matt, I'm coming with my Billy Goat noise because he definitely got scapegoated, guys. Everybody knows it, but you know what the problem is? Wilkes ended up in Kyle's doghouse, bro. And once you end up in Kyle's doghouse, you already know what happens with that. You know what I mean? It's just writing on the wall after that. So that's really what it is, man. Um, You know, 
he had his ups and downs this season as a defensive coordinator. Um, they played their ass off in the Super Bowl, bro. And that's what makes it hurt so bad. It's like, dude, man, like they came, they really saved their best game on defense for the Super Bowl this year, man. And they really brought it, dude. And I, man, it hurt so bad it watching did. them go down like that. But you know what, man? Let me just say this. Like, I loved, I loved the Super Bowl in Vegas, though. I mean, Vegas has got to be the home of the Super Bowl going forward. Yeah, we got the accommodations to handle all the media, to handle the players. I mean, we can handle the, the visitors. You know what I mean? We got the accommodations. You know, it's just that you know, not not too many people can afford that Vegas, man. Because you already know during Super Bowl week, man. Ooh, when you pay thirty two dollars for a cheeseburger, baby. Ooh, it ain't nice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it was it was not a cheap week, and by the time Vegas uh, got to Super Bowl weekend, the 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 traffic was gridlock. Oh yeah. I mean Sunday night after the game, my God, I saw the I saw the pictures of Las Vegas Boulevard. Oh my God, I mean you couldn't go. There was traffic in every direction. I mean you would have been better off walking. Yeah, bumper to bumper everywhere. Yeah, you were stuck like at least yeah. an hour, hour and a half, not moving nowhere. But it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, rough rough way to end the year for sure. We have this super from Jay Dizzy. He said, Jim Schwartz is not coming here, fellas. He's under a three-year contract. Teams can block lateral moves. No way Browns let him go to the Niners. Yeah, so that takes Schwartz off go. the – What do you think, Big Mo? I'm, I'm, I'm arguing that Belichick's got to be their guy. I'm with you. Um, a lot of people are pushing back, but I'm I don't think you. they're pushing back saying that they don't want him. I think they're just pushing back, thinking it's a pipe dream. Uh, you know what? I say it's like this, man. If you're pushing back because you don't want them, then, bro, you better assess something because check this out. It's a war race. It's a it's an arms race. Football is an arms race, and you get the best talent you can to make the best team you can. And if you don't want Bill Belichick on this team, bro, I don't know what to tell you, bro, because that, that dude is a genius, bro. Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody say, oh, Tom Brady got him his rings. You know what, bro? It was a coordinated effort. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully. And it doesn't, to me, it does not matter at all. No matter to me. Who you, who's on your team or who's on your coaching staff. Heck, if the 94 Niners with Carmen Policy can go by Plummer, Norton, um, you know, Ricky Jackson, Richard Dent, Bart Oates, Deion Sanders, and that counts as a Super Bowl, then freak everything counts as a Super Bowl. And that's why this one hurts so bad because, dude, our roster is loaded. Our roster is so loaded. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, we got to just, man, we got to push through, bro. I think, the roster right oh, I think the roster being loaded is like part of the reason why you need to get a good defensive coordinator it's because you can't point the, you can only point the finger in so many directions, right? And if there, if the defense was solid last year, and it's not solid this year. Yes, you can point like like you said, Dad. You can point it at the defensive ends. You could you can say, oh, they lost to Menahue. They lost you know a bunch of other guys. They also lost D'Amico Ryan's, and now you're getting rid of Wilkes. You got to take a step up. You can't take a step down there. Yeah, this franchise needs an injection of life, of just a spark, of like just to light a big ass barn fire going. You know what I'm saying? Like we need a we need a great hire. Like if we come in with like you said, Larry and Kev, if we come in with some some uh non-credentialed hire, bro, it, it's gonna be all bad. Because what's what, man, what is it like you said, what is it gonna uh what are we looking forward to? It's like, bro, oh, here we go with the same old thing again. And maybe this coach is even worse because we don't know none about this guy either now. 
So it's a learning process again. It's like, bro, we can't go through that. You know, so now they got they got to get somebody with some big time credentials. There's no question about it. Um, and and just because the players are watching as well, I mean, they understand that Steve had credentials and Steve did a decent job. I mean, they had a top five defense as far as points per game. So you can't just run it back with some first year defensive coordinator or some guy from the college game and just be like, yeah, we think we got the guy. It's like no, no, no more chance, no more taking chances. Um, you're, you've got a team that's ready to win right now, and you got to make that final step. I, I think Bill would help him get there. I really believe that's the move, um, and I've, I've been saying it for a while, so I'll stop saying it. But, um, you know, it's not like they're going to be able to go do this with some free agent, you know, signing. They, they're they pretty hugged up against the cap. Um, they don't have tons of cap room. So it's really going to matter who they get to coach this group because it's not like they're going to be able to go get you know two more Hargraves or something like that in free agency. They're going to have to roll with what they've got and hope to have a good draft. Yeah, you're right about all of those things. I, I can't, man. I agree with you 100. percent I do got to say this though. Yeah, man, is Kyle ever going to learn his lesson, bro? Is Kyle ever going to learn his lesson, bro? Like I ain't even trying to bag on it, bro. Like you know what, but. Dude, is he ever going to learn his lesson, dog? I mean, it's like, dude, this is this was 2019 all over again, dude. You know what I mean? Like, dude, like four years later, bro, and we still don't run the ball. You know what's so crazy, guys? I mean, like, not to harp on it because, you know what, we lost, bro. Fuck it. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? We didn't we didn't execute. We played a good game. We didn't play a great game, and we didn't win. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Yeah. But, you know, the thing that really gets to me, really, really gets to me, is that when people who don't even watch football, when people who don't even know the Niners tell me, why did you guys stop running the ball? You know what I mean? It's like, bro, I got simple, bro, I got people like simple-minded people who never watch football. Like these people like do not watch football at all. Like they don't even know the, the teams. They don't know the jerseys. They're just at a party. And they are literally telling me, why is your team not running the ball? If the most basic person to football can see that, why can't our head coach see that? Which is making millions and millions of dollars, bro, to run this all-star squad that we got. And it's just going to waste, man. It's just, oh, man, it's just frustrating, bro. And I know I'm speaking for everybody in, in Dinerland, bro, because I know you guys all saw the same shit I saw. And I know you guys oh, yeah. Feel the same way I feel, but you know what, bro? Put it, put it behind us. You know what I mean? Sweep it under the rug. Next season's coming, bro. And you know what? Hold the faith because that's why we're the faithful. You know what I'm saying? There you go. There you go. Big Mo, have a great night, man. It was awesome to meet you. Great to break bread with you. Um, thank you very much for taking us to that steakhouse. Your first class all the way through, my brother. And and uh, Kevin, I enjoyed our. Our visit with you immensely in Vegas. We will do it again. So do I. So did I, man. I love you guys, bro. Like I always said. And uh, next time you guys in Vegas, bro. Like I said, we'll all get together again. If I'm up in Cali, bro, I hit you guys up, man. We get together. But you know, I gotta give a shout out before I leave. Can't leave without the final. Big in the pig, though, baby. <laughs> big Mo, easy. Oh, Big Mo. We had a great we had a great night in Vegas with bring, Big Mo. Uh, bring your mic down just a little bit. It's, it's like it's distorting because it's it's uh it's on the other side. It's a little loud. 
There we go. All right. Let's bring let's in uh there we go. Niners Mafia. Niner Mafia, how, how are you? Doing? you? Good. Doing great, Can man. you hear me? Yeah, where are you yeah. calling from? Uh I'm over here in uh just by the grapevine. I'm a truck driver, so I'm Good headed to Redlands, California tomorrow. Good deal, man. You're a Niner, um, Niner fan? Uh, I've been a Niner fan for 20-plus years. Uh, I went through all the heartbreaks with Alex Smith and Michael Singletary and all those flops. And, you know, when we started winning, you know, games, you know, Jim Harbaugh era and, and all that, I just I got excited. And I think this Super Bowl – this past one was more of a heartbreaker to me than the 2019 one was. They were both heartbreakers, but it just hit me a little bit harder this time. Yeah, it was. A, this one was painful, man. This was painful because it was there. Uh, you felt like they had a good chance to win this one. I mean, they were all there, really, in all these Super Bowls. But yeah. um, but this one. This one hurts. Unfortunately, it was like, you know, you knew when Mahomes had the ball at the end that that was a bad sign. He's yeah, so you know, he's so good. What Kyle did in this past Super Bowl, uh, what Big Mo Easy was saying, I kind of had flashbacks from the Super Bowl with Jim Harbaugh when Jim Harbaugh wasn't running the ball. He was passing the ball. And look how that one ended. And yeah, he kind of had flashbacks. <laughs> this past Sunday because Kyle was doing pretty much the same thing Jim Harbaugh did. You know, it, Niners had three great running backs and they're only, they're using Christian McCaffrey. Of course, I want to see him get the ball all the time, but you know, there's only so much a human body can endure, you know, and sooner or later you're going to break Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, they, they did run it, um, quite a bit in this game, but, yep. um, you know, I just, it, I don't know. I I'm so I'm all over the place on this one this time. I mean, it's like part of me, um, you know, is, is really frustrated with the 49ers and the way they handled this game. Uh, the other side of me is like, Hey, look, you know, this, they, you know, they, they got beat by Mahomes. you know, they got beat by Mahomes again. They got beat by Reed again. Um, they they didn't make enough plays, you know. Their defense didn't couldn't stop Mahomes at the end. Um, I mean, there's just there's we can look at it a bunch of different ways, but that's basically what happened. And you know, just, I'm. Oh, go ahead, Larry. Sorry. No, I was just I was just saying I'm just having a hard time getting super revved up. There's people who want to fire Shanahan and this and that. I mean, come on, man. You're talking about one of the best coaches in football. Uh, they haven't got climbed to the top of the mountain yet, but doesn't mean they're not going to. Yeah, you know, I shake my head when I hear people, you know, talking about, you know, fire Shanahan, fire Shanahan. But the moment he starts, you know, improving and we start winning games again, they're the first people that are saying, man, Shanahan is the shit, man, keep him. But as soon as he falters one time, fire Shanahan, fire Shanahan. Um, on the Wilkes on the Wilkes firing, um, I didn't feel good about Wilkes from the beginning of the season, just because of the way our defense was playing. And you know, we have some we have some beasts on our defense, and the way they were playing, I just I I couldn't understand it. So 
I'm with you, Cougar, on the Belichick. I just don't know if those two egos will be able to coexist because Kyle's got an ego. I think Bill's got an ego. I know they both have a good relationship, but I don't know if those two egos could coexist in the same building. I know it. It is. Um, it would be the they, the most. They do have a weird connection because the whole Jimmy G, that whole Jimmy G thing was weird. You know, when yeah. you personally called up Kyle to be like, "Hey, let me hand gift you this quarterback." That that makes yeah. me think that there's some mutual respect going on. But I mean, again, yeah. I'm speaking out of my ass because I have no clue what Kyle Shanahan actually thinks about Bill Belichick. But that makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. Yeah. Well, that's what Guy was saying earlier. I was listening to Guy and. He was going through different um, D.C. candidates, and he's the one that brought up Anthony Lynn's son because Anthony Lynn actually played in college, and I guess he had coached a little bit in the NFL, I believe, from what Guy said. I could be misunderstanding what he said, but um, that's where I came up with the Anthony Lynn Anthony Lynn's son. I forget what his name is, but um, yeah, I mean, from what I understand, a, he's really good. There's a bunch of names. Uh, somebody says Jerome Henderson, who has been, um, you know, he has been with the Falcons. He was with the Falcons when Shanahan was there in 2016. Spent four years in Atlanta under Dan Quinn as a secondary coach. Um, so, you know, he's got familiarity with the 49ers scheme, Jerome Henderson. Another guy people are talking about is Tem Lukabu. Um, he was on Chip Kelly's staff as a defensive quality control coach in 2016. He stuck around as the defensive quality control coach under Shanahan in 2017. Then he went to the Bengals as a linebacker coach and then became Boston College's defensive coordinator Um and last season, he was the Panthers' outside linebacker coach under Ajiro Evero. So that's an interesting name. The other name I'm hearing is Michael Hodge. Uh, Michael Hodges, I should say, is a former linebacker coach, former linebacker who now coaches linebackers. He's been with the Saints. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. That's 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 it, another name. A comment here from. Uh... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you have another name? Well, I was going to say the other names that I'm seeing here, Aaron Curry, the former Wake Forest linebacker, um, and he was an assistant with Seattle for four years under Pete Carroll. He coached linebackers, and then he coached inside backers for Tom Mike Tomlin Steelers this year. He's really a smart guy. He's only 37. Um, that's an interesting one, but he would be a very young player, a young, young coordinator. And then Aubrey Pleasant, uh, he's had a couple stints with the Rams, and he was the cornerback coach there for four seasons. Um, and F Shanahan has familiarity with Pleasant because he was an offensive assistant when they were both in Washington in 2013. So that's that's an interesting name. Also, Dave Merritt is a name that's being thrown around. He works under Spagnolo. He's got 27 years of coaching experience. He's been coaching the last five yeah. years as the DB coach for Kansas City. Um, that's yeah, that would be one. that would be a good one under Spagnolo. You know, anybody that comes from Spagnolo, just like with Shanahan's coaching tree, you know that 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 would probably be a a, a good hit. You know, I like Wade Phillips. I remember when Wade Phillips was. Uh, the DC for the Cowboys, and they had they had an 
outstanding defense, but I believe Wade Phillips is a head coach for some team in the uh, UFL or the CFL or something like that right the now. The UFL, yeah, he's coaching yeah. the UFL right now, so that's probably not not a good fit. Hey, Niner, yeah. let us jump because we got a couple other people and Kev's got to get back to studying. All right, hey, study hard, Kev. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. I listen Thanks, to you guys man. every day, so I appreciate it, guys. Hey, appreciate you. Hey, have a good night. Appreciate you. Um, all right, let's go to Mark Valencia. Hey, Mark. Hey, Larry, Kevin. Sorry. Uh, thanks for bringing me on. So can you hear me? Ash, okay. A little Ash Wednesday going on. Yeah. A little Ash Wednesday action going on, man. They, you, it's like they, it's like you were the cleanup hitter. I mean, they just, they uh, really, they asked you. I mean, they, yeah, they, they didn't just sort of ask you. I mean, they, they <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's just a little, I mean, you you gotta, I mean, you're, you're uh, lucky. Yeah, you got you got a priest with fat thumbs. <laughs> yeah, I mean you 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 look like a defensive lineman for like Florida State or something right now. I mean it's like you you've got the face paint under the helmet. Yeah, I think I'm doing penance for what happened uh, this past weekend. So <laughs> there you go. So Mark, where are you where are you calling from? Originally from San Jose, California, but I live in Boise, Idaho now. Nice. Okay. Yeah. What's on your mind? So I, I know it's not a popular take, and, and I, I've been hearing what you guys said, but Kyle has to, sh you know, when people talk about firing Kyle and all that stuff, I know some of it's obviously emotional and stuff, but you got to go back on a, a lot of the decisions that he made. Larry, you talked about how he didn't use his depth. <clears throat> Excuse my voice, too, because I was screaming my head off at Circa. We were at Circa Stadium Swim watching it. Nice. I saw that yeah, scene. It, it looked pretty nice. Would have been yeah. nicer if it was warm. Oh man, I know. It, anyways, <laughs> so getting back to the point I was trying to make is, you know, he didn't sign back uh, Robbie Gold, right? He went with Moody, right? That that guy made some major mistakes. Um, he didn't play his depth, like you talked about the linebackers, or that there was a couple other players that he didn't play. That attributed to Greenlaw getting hurt. Um, we're very lucky that Christian lasted as long as he did. They had Mitchell, who I understand was kind of hurt, but they also had um, Mason. Oh gosh, I his name. Mason. They didn't use him. Um, I read up on Beal. I was one of the guys who was just hammering for Robert Beal Jr. from Georgia. Um, and it's like, you know, the guy has had so many opportunities. So between his decision-making, um, you know, the fact that he brought Wilkes in, and to me, he kneecapped him. It, it sounds like obviously we're guessing here, but for him to bring in a guy and say, okay, you're going to play my scheme or the scheme and basically kneecap him from the beginning. And, you know, I was one of the people who was really mad. I wanted them to, to fire Wilkes. I was really mad at what was going on. But now it's starting to make sense that this, like, you know, he was basically doing his best. And so, you know, Kyle just, and I don't know how else to say it, Larry. The guy is so arrogant. He doesn't own up to his mistakes. And I don't know why he has these brain farts in the most crucial moments. And it's like all that collectively, and there's other stuff I'm sure I could talk about. Uh, that's why we're frustrated. I mean, I grew up, you know, with Montana and Young and, and Eddie D and all that stuff. And, and I remember back, you know, I'm, I'm 49 years old. I remember back in the day hearing uh rumors about how eddie wanted to fire walsh you know and you know later on seifert and this and that and so it's like when you as a fan as an overall fan when you put that stuff into context this guy's he's been giving so many chances 
And and yes, do is there still one else waiting in the wings right now? No. Do I want Belichick as like a head coach? No. I think as a D coordinator, I don't think he has the humility to take that. But I, I just kind of want to explain, I think, a lot of the angst, because whether it be Twitter or this show, um, it's just it's very frustrating, man, to to for us older fans. I can't believe I'm saying that, but um to, to see, you know. He's just beginning these passes. It's like, and my last point that I'll make is this. Why? Why did Jed extend them before they prove themselves? That just makes no sense to me at all. Because he, because Jed, to him, Jed is about being in the mix and eventually it will get done as opposed to you know, um, holding his feet to the fire, like he is only going to get it done if I, if I dangle this carrot. So Jed's seen everything he needs to see in his mind. I oh. agree with you. It's different management styles. Eddie D would have held their his head coach's feet to the fire and said, "Win, and then I'll extend you." Um, but and maybe that's the right way to go. Jed, you know, obviously has gone in a different direction. He believes that. The, you know, that Kyle and John are good stewards of his franchise. And I understand why he feels that way because he had Chip Kelly and he had Mike Nolan and he had Mike Singletary. He had, you know, Jim Tom Sula. He had Harbaugh, who was good, but he couldn't get along with Harbaugh. Now he's got two guys that he thinks are pretty good and he gets along with them. So he mm-hmm. wants to give them lifetime deals. Um, I hear you. I'll say this. It's, it's really easy to take a sledgehammer to your kitchen. It's really hard to get a contractor who can build it back up. So, yeah, you know, I hear what you're so saying. I, I, I know it's easy to say, Oh, get rid of Kyle. And, you know, and I, and I'm not saying he's perfect at all. Um, and I'm not saying that he hasn't made a lot of mistakes, but I also think that he's the right guy for the job. And I think he deserves at least a couple more seasons to kind of show, that he's the right guy for the job. I, it's very frustrating. I mean, he's yeah. had seven years now. They've gone to two Super Bowls under him, four NFC Championship games or whatever. And it's just, it's very, very frustrating. It is. Uh, but I, ask, I would say stay the course. And, can, and, I, can I just? Yeah, go can ahead. I raise one, one last more? point. Sure. Is um, I was surprised because Mike is such a run heavy guy going back to Terrell Davis. I mean, it kind of almost sounded like he was kind of consulting Kyle unofficially. Um, do you think moving forward that his dad's going to be like, look, you you got to rely on that running game. That's your bread and butter. I, I'm just wondering why, like, what, I mean, you know, obviously we're, we're guessing here, why Mike couldn't have told Kyle, look, you got to go to your bread and butter with CMC or Mitchell or Mason like what happened, man? Where, what, what is, where's that disconnect? You know. Well, I'll say one thing that has to happen next year is they have to, if they want to get to the playoffs with a healthy CMC and ride him heavy, you got to use some of these other guys throughout the trip. You got it. You got to use Mason. You got to use Mitchell. You got to run these guys a little bit throughout the regular season if you want McCaffrey. To be there at the end, and yeah. they lost. They, you know, they they didn't have Greenlaw in this game. Uh, they yeah. could have played some of those younger linebackers earlier this year. They chose not to, and um, they got to the finish line. He wasn't there, and I think that has a lot to say, a lot to do with why they didn't win. So, um, yeah. I hear you though, man. I'm all of your frustration is coming through the mic, and um, 
But I I understand. I think we all understand that Kyle has value, but Kyle's not perfect. We're frustrated yeah. with the things he hasn't done well. We're frustrated with the fact that we keep getting teased with the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, and we can't get it done. But, um, you know, I would stick with him. I would stick with him. I mean, it was just me. And I would go after and I would convince him, hey, look, you know, if 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 your ego is the problem with a Belichick coming here, then get over your goddamn ego because yeah. we, we need to see this thing get done. This 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 uh, pursuit of a Super Bowl can't just end. It needs to continue and it needs to get done. So be be, be our advocate this year, Larry. I absolutely will. Mark, have a you great know. night, man. You too. Thanks. Appreciate you, Mark Valencia. I'm uh, I'm gonna have to jump. Let's take one more and then we'll go. No, no, no. no. I I gotta jump. I really gotta go. You got and really? you got three more callers, so I gotta jump. I'll ta- I'll uh, I'll see you guys later. I'm sorry, guys. Look at you. Look at him. Holland Tracy, what's up, Holland? What's happening, Larry? Longtime listener. Um, Where are you calling from? Petaluma, California. There you go. Um, I think I'm looking at this whole thing a little bit differently than a lot of these these guys. I'm kind of the glass half full in the whole situation. I feel we've got a 24-year-old quarterback a year and a half in, and he's playing lights out. We're so close. I mean, honestly, when you started talking to everybody, most people started to feel like Kansas City was had a good chance of winning that game anyway. We played lights out except for some issues. I mean, we had a botched punt. You know, if I were Ray Ray, I would have tried to tackle that guy to get him out of the way. He did, obviously didn't have any aware uh, awareness of where the ball was. Yeah, Darrell Luter. Darrell Luter. And uh, not, not just that, we had some killer penalties that just really put us in bad spots. And we still, I mean, we outplayed them the entire time. We have a lot to be positive about. I mean, what? Six times we've been now to the champion. I mean, we, we're, we're, we've been, uh, what, championship game how many times now? Four of the five years or five out of the six years? It's like, yeah. we're right there. We are right there. Like, how could anybody say, get rid of Shanahan? I mean, he is – I felt like he coached a, a heck of a game. I mean, there were some mistakes. I, the ball didn't bounce our, our way a couple times. That's all I felt happened. But I felt like we outplayed that team. That was Kansas City. Let's be honest. When we, you're talking amongst friends, most of us were nervous. We were picking maybe three points. You know, I mean, it's it's Mahomes. And this is Andy Reid after 13 years of not winning. And now he's getting his he's getting his just desserts and let him do it. He'll be out of the league real soon. It's only seven years in the scheme of things. Uh, Shanahan might be around for another 10 more years. And, I mean, we could have a dynasty if we get the right defensive coordinator in there. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, how can you be down on the Niners at this point? I mean, you got a 24-year-old quarterback who's yeah, they're going to have to pay him in a in a year or so and and he'll and you know, that will obviously diminish um, you know, exactly the team that they can put around him. But I mean, they keep finding good players. They're on the doorstep. They'll get it done. I, I really do believe they'll get it done. Um, it didn't happen this year, but I mean, I think it's, I think we saw from this game that they have the right quarterback, right? They got the guy and, um, now it's, you know, they, they somehow got here despite wasting three number one draft choices on a guy they hoped was the number one quarterback in Trey Lance. 
now they're going to have their number ones. They'll be able to build up a little bit better around Brock Purdy. And, you know, I think the, the window's open. The window's open. So, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, one of these people. Get rid of Shanahan. I personally, I, I just think that, you know, um, it's just, they're just, they're going up against teams that are just a, playing a little bit better, doing a little bit more. Uh, Shanahan needs to lean on the run a little bit more in, in the in crunch time than he does. I didn't like the fact they had nine a nine play stretch offensively where they went three and out three times in the third quarter. They only had one run um, with the lead, so you know didn't love that. But um, but I you know I'm not at the point where I'm like oh, it's time to get rid of Kyle. I, I believe that Kyle's a good coach. I agree. I feel like uh, our offensive line, if we can get a stud in the draft, hopefully, you know, maybe trade up and get that guy you were talking about at a Boston college or some yeah. stud tackle. I mean, that would be the difference maker for us because Purdy's only going to get better. I mean, he was that kid for his age right now is playing at a level that I don't think anybody even gives him credit for. I mean, we, uh, he's going to be, he's going to ascend. He's going to get better, you know, and we, I mean, our deep and Dre, Dre Greenlaw, if we would have had, I feel like if we had Dre Greenlaw, if he hadn't have popped his Achilles tendon on that paint on the sideline going into the game, I feel like that would have been the difference maker. I mean, he is truly a difference maker, especially against Kansas City. So, I mean, we were right there. We were right there. It's frustrating. It's a hard pill it, to swallow. I it's it. a frustrating thing. Well, it's just the time invested. You know, yeah. it's like, I mean, heck, we've all broken up with a girl before and, um, no matter if you don't have strong feelings for her now, you're like, oh, man, look how much time I invested in this. Um, yeah. And then you feel the same way at the end of a football season. It's like, dude, I've been grinding, you know, this, thinking this is the year, this is the year. But you know what? This is the time of the year where you, you know, you make some changes to your coaching staff. You, you know, find some players in free, in the draft and in free agency and you tee it up again in, in mini camp, and and um, you know the Niners are going to be right there on the short list of two, three, four contenders again, and they're going to have another shot at this. So it's just you know it it is frustrating though because man, we all want it so bad, and you get so close to it, and you're like Jesus, is this thing ever getting done? And um, you know, you you wonder, and it's like Mahomes is that guy too. That's the thing. It's like if this is his era, he's he's you know he's the modern day Brady, and it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating. But they'll get over. They'll get over. I I would love to see them make a big defensive coordinator hire, have a really strong draft class, sign one or two primo free agents, and run it back. Yeah, I like if if we get Belichick. Oh my God! I think we could be a dynasty with Belichick, and I think it would it would be a win-win for both sides. You know, I mean, if he could get that his reputation back to where it needs to be and win another Super Bowl, I mean, it could be huge for us because he he's a, a secondary guru, and I mean, that's where we really need to focus. I feel like Steve Wilkes. You could tell the writing was on the wall early on. You could tell that that the the players weren't they didn't have the same vigor that they had under uh sala or uh, um or D'Amico. Uh, yeah it just felt like it wasn't i mean our defense on paper was better and we we played we underachieved 
quite a bit. So, I mean, we were able to overcome so much, even with the defense that went from like first against the run to like 20th or whatever it was. I mean, that, that's a huge jump down. And I mean, I mean, we still got all the way to the, I mean, we outplayed Kansas City. I thought we were going to get beat, honestly. I mean, I, I had all the hope in the world that we'd win. But I mean, to bet against Mahomes and Andy Reid, I just felt like they'd been there before. I thought they would outpace us. But I mean, we, we beat them for most of the game. It just came to the very end. Yeah, you know? very frustrating. Yeah. Very frustrating. Holland, we'll let you go, man. Thanks for All supporting right. the channel. I, I see you in the chats quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate you for you know checking out our channel, and we'll have great content all throughout the off season, the draft season. So hang with us, brother, and and thanks for jumping in on the on the video call. You're the man, Larry. Thank you. Appreciate you, Holland Tracy. Uh, Niner. Wait, do we go to Michael? Who's been hanging longer here, Niner Gang or Michael? We'll go Niner Gang, and then Michael will finish with you. Niner Gang, how are you, man? I'm good, Larry. How about yourself, buddy? Oh, man, this one was this was such a – I mean, I'm glad to do this show because I love talking to the fans. But, man, in a lot of ways, this just brings up the pain because we're, we're all in this together, man. Uh, you know, you win some, you lose some, man, on any given Sunday, right? Yeah, seriously. There's a – like the last caller just said to him, Touche, there's a – a lot to be positive about, a lot of negatives. We can go back and forth all day on it, man. But, dude, it came down to five-quarter Super Bowl. You know, yeah, Kyle, people want to be mad. I'm mad at Kyle Shanahan, don't get me wrong. He made some bad choices in the in the darn game. But, yeah, go through it. You could probably look at every single player and every single player and every single coach probably made it a, a bad decision at one point or another throughout the game. It's just which what decision did makes you the most frustrated? Was it the overtime decision to go first and not second? Yes, yes. Simply because I am a firm believer, do not give Patrick Mahomes the ball last. And especially under those particular circumstances to where they know exactly what they need to accomplish, that's that's dangerous. I think I think it could have it would have played into Kyle Shanahan's hand the exact same way had he had fully understood the rules because Kyle Shanahan is a smart guy. You know, had he had known, let's let them go first. We know exactly what we need to do versus taking a chance, especially against their defense because Kansas City's defense was, they locked Debo down. I mean, McDuffie locked him down and Brennan Nayuk got what, two or three, four targets, something like that. It was just, it was. Yeah, not, not enough. No, not at all. Not at all. But, nor here nor there it was a good game man and a few bad play calls whatever it is where'd you watch it i watched it right at my house the same place i watched every game all season in hopes that that was going to be the difference (laughs) right man very frustrating man frustrating but you know um the off season i think is going to be exciting they'll they'll have a first they've got a bunch of picks um they'll 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 go sign a premier free agent you can almost bank on that they'll probably let most of their rank and file free agents walk my 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 thinking is that this defensive coordinator hire is going to be a big name um i don't think you run out wilkes to go go with a first-time guy so you're going to go with somebody who's a proven a proven coach i would imagine um and i know jed's willing to cut the check um, and I know Shanahan's ego will, you know, 
he'll go for the best player he can get, best coach he can find, regardless if that even if that guy's a well known guy. So I don't know. I I feel, I feel good about where they're at, but man, it the whole just just watching Kansas City win again, watching Mahomes win again, it's just like it's getting so old. Kinda it's like, getting so tired. Kind of like a break starting to have a little bit of Brady flashback. You know, I, I just yeah, exactly. I mean, this this guy's just so damn good, and it seems like they just play with so so much poise. They play against the Niners like they expect to win. We play against them like we hope to win, yep. and that there's a big difference there. Um, so frustrating. Losty says this is for Larry. If Shandy is in this same situation, do you trust him to run the ball consistently? I have a good to have a good game plan in the biggest moment. Um, based on history, you'd say no, but I mean, eventually he's going to learn that you're going to have to run the ball in some I key think, situations. I think Kyle Shanahan's analogy when, you know, how we all feel he gets away from the run. I've been baffled by that for many years now when he gets away from the run for whatever reason, when it's working so well. And it almost feels like only thing I could really come up with is he uses analytics in some type of way because he's a, he's a numbers guy. Everything. I just think he's, I think he's impatient. He I just is, think he's impatient. That, that's even worse because, man, patience is a hard thing to tame. And if that's the case, he's shown time and time again that he can't control that. Yeah. That, that's a bad trait. But I mean, Purdy's the guy. They've, they're they still, you know, doing very well in the draft for the most part. Um, you know, it's just this eventually I think they'll climb to the top of the mountain. I, I, I would say I'd give Shanahan another two, three years uh, before I get to the point of like, hey man, maybe this is not going to happen. Well, the thing of it is, is like, who's going to replace him? That that's just that's step one, right? You you got to have a replacement. That's step one. You're not right. going to nobody out there right now that can do what he's done for us and that's going to maintain us. And if we take a wild jump, go get some coach, and it doesn't work out, eventually players don't want to be here. People start leaving. The whole mantra the whole thing just changes the whole the way the Niners do things it'll all just change nobody wants to be here we're an organization people want to be here we have a winning culture that's what it's about you know you change that around turn that around like a couple years when we had those you know after the hardball air that that was rough you know and it was hard and Kyle came in and he built that thing up and credit to him but we'll see what he does now man last thing before I go I just have a this Ayuk thing I got it you know, just my analogy here between him and Debo is question one for you is, do you believe Brandon Ayuk is a bona fide number one receiver? My opinion on it is I go both ways on it because he, he doesn't come down with 50, 50 balls more times than not. He, but on the other hand, he runs such great routes. Does he need to be that 50, 50 ball winner? What is your thought? I, I I really like Ayuk. I mean, the production says he's not a number one receiver. Um, when it just it's it's been good for yards, but not for touchdowns. For whatever reason, he gets lost in the shuffle from time to time. Um, and I'm not sure if that's on him or on the Niners, but I would say he's like a one point five. He's not quite a number one, but he's not a true number two. He's a little bit in between. Um, I would feel better if he had more hundred yard days. I'd feel better if he had more, you know, dominant playoff performances. 
He sometimes gets lost in the shuffle. I do think the fact he's a complete receiver in that he does block and he sh- and he's not just a nominal blocker. He's he's takes his he takes a lot of pride in his blocking. So in a lot of ways I think he's a great player that you want to keep. He's a culture player. Um, but I don't know if he's like a true number one games on the line and he just says, Get me the damn ball, I'm taking this thing over. So do you think he's think he's gonna be demanding number one wide receiver money or is he gonna is he gonna Yeah, twenty five, twenty six million I would say is what he's gonna want. Probably. Would you pay, if you were John Lynch, would you pay him? Um it's a tough call. It's a tough call. I mean, I'd have to. I'd, I'd definitely be listening to trade offers and find out where what you're getting offered. And last thing, let's say you pay him. We have all these draft picks. They use the draft picks. They strengthen that O line, which in turn gives IU more time to get open, which in turn gives Purdy more time to do his thing. Will he become more effective? No doubt, but I mean, how do you get that offensive lineman without having a pick in the top twenty? That's the thing. They pick thirty-one or two or whatever it is, so they're not going to have that top twenty pick. Um, there's a there's a lot of talk that maybe Ayuk wants to play for the Raiders. They have the thirteenth pick overall. Uh, if they offered you the thirteenth pick in a package, then you could turn around and get J.C. Latham or um, you know. Uh, uh, the guy Fuguisi or whatever from uh, Oregon State who's really nasty. So, I mean, those are the top two run-blocking right tackles. And it would be nice because they're probably going to go in the top 15 picks, 18 picks, and you're going to pick 31, so you're not going to get a chance at them. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'll say this. After watching um, the 49ers trade DeForest Buckner and use a pick on, on Kinlaw, I mean – Players are more valuable than picks. There's a failure rate to picks. Players are the are the successful picks. So trading one player for one pick is really risky. Trading one player for two picks, three picks, four picks, now you're talking about, you know, a really good deal and a whole lot less risky. So I I I wouldn't want to trade him for one pick. But because, you know, you make the wrong pick and suddenly you've gotten rid of a blue chip player for one pick. But if I could get, you know, the 13th pick and get a blue chip offensive lineman, maybe get another player or a couple other picks with it, I'd consider it for sure. You know why? Because you're you're 28th in the NFL in pass attempts and you're going to have $50 million of your cap tied up in wide receivers. I just don't know that that makes a whole lot of sense. Plus, you love Juwan. I'm a big fan of uh, Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son, who's in this draft. Uh, you got McCaffrey's brother, Luke McCaffrey, who's probably going to be a day three pick in this draft. So there's some decent you know, receivers that I could see the Niners investing in in the draft, um, and as well as free agency. And then you've got Ayuk, who might be able to command a, the kind of pick that would get you that blue-chip offensive lineman that you probably need. Well, yeah, I agree with that. But to all that being said, hopefully Kyle will play some of these uh, rookies and not let them just hang out. Oh, I know. Down. That's that's just so frustrating, Larry. That is, I think that's probably one of the top three things that frustrates me about him is he just lets these guys sit. And, I mean, Jair Brown did so great this year. Hufunga's great, don't get me wrong. 
But look at him. I mean, could you imagine Hofungo out there in the beginning of the season playing with Jair versus Gip, Gip out there? I mean, Gip's doing great. Well, I, I don't like the fact that they buried Jalen Graham. I think Jalen Graham is really good, uh, and I think he's going to be really good. So I, I, I would have loved to have seen him play a little bit. But, um, you know, they that this is the way they're going about it. They're kind of redshirting their guys, and we'll see what he looks like next year. But I almost will sit here and guarantee you, the rest of you Niner fans, that there's going to be a game next year where Jalen Graham steps up makes like 12 tackles, seven of them are going to be solo, and somebody's going to call up and go, why didn't they use Jalen Graham more last year? And nobody's going to have an answer for it. It's going to be like, oh, well, he was kind of young. Uh, was he, or did they just not play him? Because uh, this guy, to me, is a very special player. Uh, Niner gang, we're going to jump, man, but have a great night. Appreciate you. Yes, sir, Larry. Have a good night, buddy. See you, you too. Yep, sounds good. Uh, we'll go to Michael. Michael Alanis. Michael, do you got a camera, bud? Uh, no, not right now, actually. I don't. I'm po- I apologize. It's going to be audio. No problem. Only. That's all right. What's, What's on your mind? Um, so I'm in a disagreement with bringing in Bill, Bill Belichick because I quite honestly think he would be more of a distraction than an asset for our defense. Um, any loss that's going to happen every weekend that we have in 2024, I think we all know that the Fox cameras, the CBS cameras, or whatever um, whatever corporation is broadcasting your games is going to try to create a coaching controversy. And I think we need to look elsewhere as far as hiring. Who do you want? Who, who, who's, who's a better name? Uh, I would look at the Browns defensive lineman's coach, uh, Jaquez Caesar. Okay. Um, Does he have any experience as a coordinator from from the los angeles uh or not los angeles um but san diego chargers he played defensive in there Mm -hmm. for a while and um i mean look at the browns defensive line right now it's it's no it's number one if not in the top five because of their coaching staff there i would look in their tree i would also look at the lions coaching tree um and any any defensive line, any defensive, um, any team's defense that's in the top five, I would look at their coaching tree and uh, try to poach one of their um, defensive line coaches and elevate them to defensive coordinator. How about and Brandon Staley? Chris. How about Brandon Staley? You got a Brandon Staley thought? I'm not familiar with Braden's, Brandon Staley, honestly. Um he was I the Rams know, defensive coordinator. Was he was the he, he was the Chargers head coach this year. He he yeah. went for it way too often as a as a uh, head as a head coach. He went for went for it too way too often on fourth down, and it kind of yeah. created a helter skelter like vibe. What he did against us, the stupid decision that he made. But um, um, but they definitely need somebody. I mean, come on, let's be yeah. honest here. That it's not like it, they can just run it back. And I don't know if they can go with some young person that's never done it before. Um, you know, I I don't know that it's the time to experiment. You know, I mean, it seems yeah. to me like you want to you want to get somebody in there that you got a pretty good known vibe on how they're going to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree with you. So that's that um, that so that makes it that makes it complicated. I'm actually from Lorenzo Nealstown, Lamore. Uh, he and my mom went to high school together. I'm really close friends. And who did Eddie George through him and Lorenzo yeah. Neal? Yeah, yeah. Lo Neal's a great guy. He's a good dude. Yeah, really good dude. Uh, she knows Eddie uh, Eddie Neal's bar. Eddie Neal, Lorenzo's brother, pretty well too, and kind of run in the same circle. 
Um, he's a pretty good dude. Good stuff, Michael. Hey, we appreciate yeah, um, you jumping in. Quick before I go, though, um, yeah, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in alignment with you. I'm not ready to fire Shanahan yet. I quite honestly am in the minority on this. I think I think we need a roster reset. Like get get rid of some of these contracts that are going to blow up next year, and some of the guys that are in their thirties. Um, I'm pretty confident in whoever Kyle drafts uh, are. Who would you like to get rid of? From his mistakes, like he he turned a seventh round pick into a Pro Bowler. He flipped it, and I'm pretty confident with whoever we place um, as far as the contracts that are blowing up this year. Guys in their thirties, it's it's clearly starting to show that Father Time is catching up to Kittle, Debo, and Trent Williams. You know, like mm. um. We need to get rid of. We need to. I think we should trade uh, Debo. Right? I, what can you get for Debo? He's already making twenty-eight million dollars. I don't know. Um. Anyway, Michael, we appreciate you jumping in. Uh, we also have this one from Khalid Rice. He says Debo last IG post. Ayuk is out. Jennings in watch. What? Ayuk is out. Well, I mean, Ayuk's not out unless the Niners decide Ayuk is out, right? Um, Ayuk's under contract this year. He's not a free agent, I don't believe. Um, so, I mean, he can be extended this year. Um, but he may, you know, Ayuk may want to be elsewhere. You know, that's what I'm saying. If the Raiders want Ayuk and they're given the 13th pick overall, you know, uh, you might be able to find another receiver or two to, to, to come in. I mean, Calvin Ridley's a free agent. I'd take Calvin Ridley right now. You know, I like Calvin Ridley. And I looked at some of the, the other free agents out there. I mean, not that the Niners can afford a top-tier wide receiver free agent. Uh, they probably can't. But you never know what team, what players are willing to play in their, in their system and take less to do so. Just looking at some of the free agent wide receivers that are of interest, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Hollywood Brown, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, Chase Claypool are all free agents. And to me, all those guys are kind of interesting. Um, and I don't know. There's not an Ayuk there, um, but I would take Calvin Ridley, absolutely, and feel pretty good about it. Um, I like Calvin Ridley, and I think he's got a lot of potential. Um Oh, we got this one from Calba Camiga. says, Dan Quinn couldn't make Kyle run the ball in Super Bowl 51. Kyle became too, too pass-happy in Super Bowl 54 and again in Super Bowl 58. Does he listen to anybody during the game? Would he listen to Belichick? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, would Belichick even give him any advice on offense? Or would it just be, you know, hey, you know what? I'll handle the D, you handle the O. Um, sometimes you need to play complementary football, and that includes, you know, some kind of a – dialogue between your OC, your head coach, and your offensive coordinator person and your defensive coordinator. So, you know, it's – I'm not saying that Belichick is a slam dunk, and I understand why lots of people would be like, dude, that's crazy. Um, and it would take Kyle to not have an ego, Bill to not have an ego, and um, Jed to have an awful lot of money. And um, if all those things boxes were checked, then it would work. Um to me, I mean, the 49ers, sometimes you got to make the room uncomfortable to win. You know, sometimes you got to make things uncomfortable to win. Um, 
you know, this is a country that's been built on competition. We're a capitalistic society. That means somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose, but everything's based on competition. And to me, you know, if you say, what was the best of Steve Young? It was when Joe Montana was standing right there. Where was the best of Joe Montana? It was when Steve Young was looking right over his shoulder. So I'm a believer that competition's a good thing. And um, you know what? If the Niners, last time the Niners won the Super Bowl, people said, ah, oh, you know what? It's unfair. It's unfair. You have Dion and all these players, and it's unfair. All right. I mean, there's no question. If you're going to climb to the top of the football world, you've got to you've got to make some amazing moves. You got to put together an amazing cast. I mean, look at what look at what the Patriots had. They had Hall of Fame tight end Gronk, Hall of Fame quarterback uh, Brady, Hall of Fame wide receiver Randy Moss, Hall of Fame head coach in um, in in Bill Belichick, Hall of Fame defensive lineman in Richard Seymour, Hall of Fame def- corner in Ty Law. I mean, they they had Hall of Famers, and look at this Kansas City team. You got Spagnolo as your defensive coordinator. So he's phenomenal. You know, you've got Hall of Famers and and Kelsey and Mahomes and, um, you know, you've got some Chris Jones. I mean, these are these are great, great players. So um, it's going to take a great combination of players and coaches to get it done. And I don't look at Belichick as like some kind of cheat code, but I do think that he would do an incredible job here developing the six young defensive backs that the 49ers have and need to develop. And to me, that's why I'd bring him in because you got six young DBs and you've invested in those guys, um, draft choices, and you need to develop them. You need to see them all fulfill their potential. If they do, you're going to be something. If they don't, uh, you got a lot of work to do. So absolutely. Belichick to me could be the preeminent, uh, you know, guy who could come in and, develop those those six young DBs and turn this from a very good team to a dominant team on both sides of the ball and they win their Super Bowl. And then nobody's going to care, you know, down the road if you're like, hey, you know, did they win the Super Bowl? Well, who was the coach? Who was the coordinator? Who was on the team? All they're going to care is did the Niners win it? Did Shanahan win it? And um, so anyway, there, there you go. Um, probably won't happen, but if it was up to me, that's who I'm calling. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to all of you guys tonight on the call-in show. Thanks to Kev. Thanks to all the callers. Thanks to the people who donated. And uh, remember, the Krug Show, um, we've got all your Niner content, Warrior content, Giant content all throughout the off season. We'll have tons of Niner stuff all off season Until tomorrow where we do more, have a great night, everybody, and happy Valentine's Day. Peace. Yeah. Never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you